0: well it 's interesting that um, Jess and Luke sang Jess and Luke sang from the twenty third psalm in the song that um, we were um, in, in preparing and looking at the screen about um, Miller this morning and Yesterday morning, um, I had actually prepared a message for this Sunday over the last three weeks, but God said to me yesterday morning, No, that's not the message. Well, on Saturday morning, uh, that's not a great time to get that little message. And so um, I said, All right, God, what do you want me to speak about? And he said, I want you to speak about Psalm 23. And I just, I didn't even know that Luke and Jess were singing that song that was going to be from Psalm 23, that the song that Phil um, chose for worship about Jesus loving us and caring for us, is, it's about him being our shepherd. And so therefore, I think it's God really does want us to hear this message this morning from Psalm 23. And I think it's interesting that it is um, the Australia Day weekend, because um, I was looking at some of the ad campaigns for Australia Day. Let's have a look at them. And they talk about, you never lamb alone on Australia Day. There's a new ad out that's been quite, quite, quite controversial about this, about, about, lamb, about having lamb on Australia Day. But um, I thought that because of um, this whole connection of Australia and sheep, that um, we would look at Psalm 23, which is, call, which is all about the Lord being our shepherd, And so, great day to look at this on uh, Australia Day weekend. Now, the author of this psalm is David. And David himself was a shepherd, so he understood exactly what it was like when he was saying that the Lord is my shepherd. He knew what God would be doing as a shepherd, you know, using that analogy, because he was a shepherd, and he looked after his flock, and he was very careful and caring in the way that he did that. And so this psalm is a very personal psalm for David. In fact, in this psalm, we see that there are no we or us or our. It's all I and me and my. It's a very personal experience of David with the shepherd, um, with with God who is his shepherd. And so because of that, I think it... What David wants for us and what God wants for us is to us to understand this very personal experience of God, about the relationship that we have with him that is just between him and me, him and you. It's a personal relationship. It's something that's not about just a crowd. It's very individual. And this psalm talks about that. I'm just going to go through it this morning and uh, look at it. I was wondering if I could have my Bible and some glasses no in the, in the bag in the bag thank you I'm going to read to you from Psalm 23 it's a beautiful psalm I'm going to ask you to just um, close your eyes while I do it and just listen to it because this psalm is expressed so beautifully in understanding um, this relationship that we can have with God So, we just close your eyes and while I read this psalm. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. So David knew what a good shepherd would be like. He would be one who would care for the flock, who would protect them, who would lead them, who would provide for the sheep. And David was that sort of shepherd, and a good shepherd would even be prepared to lay down their life for the sheep. They would put What they would do is that they had a, a place where they would keep the sheep, and there would be an entry to that place. And what the shepherd would do is he would actually lay himself down across the entry so that when predators would come they would be able to, they couldn't get in because the shepherd would be there to protect the sheep and he he would stand and fight for the sheep. In John 10, 11, Jesus is called the good shepherd. And why? It says because he gave his life for us. You know, the grace of God is all about forgiveness. Others may not forgive you, but God always will. Jesus didn't say, well, got 100 sheep. I've lost one. 99 out of 100, that's pretty good. Let's go with that. We haven't got time to worry about the other one. You know, it's got lost somewhere, but we've got 99%. That's a pretty good result. Not at all. Jesus will not leave one. He will go out of his way to to search and seek out that one lost sheep. And he will not give up until he finds it. That's the sort of shepherd, that's why he's called a good shepherd, because he looks out for us and he will seek us out even if we have gone astray. So here in verse one it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Now probably one of the greatest things in our society that causes stress on people is worry. Worry. People worry about so many things. They worry about their health. They worry about their finances. They worry about their relationships. Worrying is something that gives us anxiety and can lead to depression. And worry is something that is rife in our society. But here God is saying, worrying is not going to do anything for you. He's saying, you have everything you need. I have everything I need with the Lord as my shepherd, as my carer, as my protector, as my provider. You have everything you need. You don't have to worry. And I can't sp- stand here this morning and promise you that you will not have you know, some financial difficulties. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you will have health challenges. I can't say here this morning that you won't. I can't stand here this morning and say that you're going to find your perfect match next week so that you won't be alone anymore. I can't even say to you this morning, promise you that all your relationships will work out. But I can tell you that whether you are sick or well, that whether you are poor or rich, whether you are alone or in a family, you will always have Jesus. Your security is not in your situation, but in the Saviour. You'll never find your security in things, in stuff, in relationships. We can't promise about those things, but we can promise that you have a savior who will always be with you and who will give you everything that you need. The problem is that people become insecure, so they start chasing things. Money, relationships, they're trying to fill this void that is within them. There's this, like, this, this emptiness, and they're trying to fill it and, and find a way so they don't feel that way anymore. They don't feel that emptiness. But you know that that void that's within us, that's in a God-shaped vacuum. And the only thing that will fill that is God Himself. And Jesus said, "You don't have to go chasing things." You don't have to go trying to figure it out because I am your shepherd. I'm going to look after you. I will give you everything that you need. You don't have to chase it down. I'm going to put it at your feet at the right time. You will have everything you need. What a promise from God. And he is your shepherd just as much as he's mine if you want him to be. That's why Jesus said in Matthew six, verse thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added to you. You don't chase things and then hope, you know, that Christ will come later. What you do is you, you seek Christ, you seek him, and then everything else will be added to you. You know, there's something interesting to know about sheep. I've had to do a little bit of reading because I'm not a shepherd and I don't know much about sheep, but you'll hear a few things this morning. Sheep don't strive. Sheep don't strive. In life, people are striving, you know, for lots of things and they're striving for what Jesus has already died for. They want breakthrough in different situations in their life. They want breakthrough, but Jesus has already broken through the grave and conquered everything once and for all. He came to give us life in abundance. We don't have to strive for it because He is our shepherd and He said we will have everything we need. Now, I love this picture. Does this sheep look like it's got any worries in the world? Looks pretty. And you know why this sheep looks like this? Because it's got a shepherd. You don't have to worry if you know your source of supply, if you know where things are coming from. I heard this story about a pastor and his daughter. His daughter was 10 and she got a birthday gift $75 $75 from her grandparents in a card. And she thought, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it, Keziah? Imagine getting $75 Kaziah's eyes lit up. And so, $75 in a card. And she, she, um, her father, who was a pastor, said to her now, you know, you need to understand that what we do, we tithe what God gives to us. And tithing is 10% we give to God. And so he was explaining this to the little girl because he said it's important that they learn from when they're young. And so she she sort of said, all right, Daddy. And and then later on that night, she said, Daddy, I've been thinking, I'm going to give all of the $75 to the church. He said, well, you don't have to give it all. You just have to give 10%. That's sort of like... She said, no, no, I think I want to give it all to the church. And um, he said, well, you know, have a think about that overnight. And and if you feel like that tomorrow, well, then... That's okay, but remember, it's, that's not expected of you. So the next morning it came, it was Sunday, and they were going to church, and um, she was at church, and she had the, they had offering envelopes. She had the offering envelope, and she went up to a dad, and she said, I'm giving it all. I'm giving the $75. And um, her dad said, well, can I just ask you, why did you decide to give all of the money? And she said, well, I'll give that all to the church And then I'll come to you and you'll just give me whatever I need. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) And so therefore, (laughs) (laughs) that's my son down there, you see. (laughs) She knew her source of supply. And our source of supply is our heavenly father. And yes, he says, I will give you everything that you need. Then it goes on to say in that scripture, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It's interesting that word makes me to lie down. You know, sheep do not know their limits. They will just keep doing whatever they're doing. They will stay in the fields all day without resting. And it's up to the shepherd to make them lie down. But Sheep will not lie down if they're, if they're frightened. If they're frightened of something, they, they can't do that. If, if there's friction amongst the flock, they won't lie down. If there's flies, they won't lie down. I've read this, so I'm just it, passing on the information. And um, if they're hungry, if there's famine, they won't lie down. So what does the shepherd have to do? He has to make sure that there is a place free of all that stuff so that they can rest And that's what God does for us as our shepherd. He takes us to a place where we are free of all the stuff of life, all the hustle and bustle that can just weigh us all down, and He lets us rest in that place. See, He lets them rest in green pastures. You know, when I think of green pastures, it makes me think of something lush and beautiful, restful. And that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to take us to that place where it is restful so that we can be refreshed. It says that he leads me beside still waters. Now, another interesting thing about sheep is that they will not drink from a running river. Why is that? Because what happens is that when the sheep goes to try and drink, the water wets their wool and gradually the wool becomes weighed down and it pulls the sheep into the river. It can't balance itself with with a running river. And so the wool becomes wet and heavy and the sheep is pulled into the river. It can't swim and it drowns. And so it needs to drink from still waters. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, God cares about us so much that he leads us away from the hustle and bustle of the world so that we can be refreshed. He he knows that we need to find a place of stillness to be refreshed or we will end up weighed down by the world and it will drown us in its pace and in its pressure. God knows that we need that place and he says he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Now David knew this better than anyone else. You see, he was... A man that was described as a man after God's own heart. Now think about this. This is how God described David. A man after God's own heart. And yet he did some terrible things. He committed some terrible atrocities really. He committed adultery. He, he organized for her husband to be killed at war. And you read the stories of David, you think, how could a man like that ever be described as a man after God's own heart? And this helps me to see that God loves us beyond what we do. He loves us. And he sees beyond what we do and he reaches inside of us and he wants to draw out that part of us, the gold that's within us. And he says, I love you. And so what he does is he sees our mistakes, but what he does is he shows us love and mercy and grace and he forgives us and then he restores us to wholeness again. What an amazing God. And it doesn't matter what you've done, God can restore your soul. He will do that. He will make it like new. And he forgives you and you can start afresh with him. David knew that God picked him up When he'd fallen, he lifted him when the load was heavy. And in his weakness, God gave him power. And then he leads us in paths of righteousness. Why do we need that leading? Because it says in Isaiah 53 6 that all we like sheep, this is us, they're using the um, analogy here, all we like sheep have gone astray. Sheep find it very hard to keep on the path and so do we. We find it easy to wander off. The grass is always greener on the other side and so we're attracted to it and we wander off and get attracted by those things of the world. And what can happen is that we can end up lost in those places. We live in a world where many people are lost. You only have to watch the news to know that. Or maybe you've got friends and and people living around you and, and you see that they're lost. But God is saying to you today, I'll lead you. I'll lead you in a way that will bring fullness of life to you. I will lead you in paths of righteousness. You can take my word for it. He says, for my name's sake, for the honor of my name, I will not be untrue to my name. I will lead you in those ways. Just follow me. And then we come to verse four and it says, even though... And so, you know, life isn't always easy. And I think many people here this morning would say, that's right, it's not, Pam. I've had some hard things to contend with. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. David tells us here how we can cope with the difficult situations of life. Like, as I said to you, they will come at times. He tells us that even in the valley of the shadow of death, he didn't dread the distress he would face because he said, God is with me. You know, how do you fight fear when your imagination is working overtime in the middle of the night and you're worried about things? How did David do it? He said, even although I go through these times, I know, I know without a doubt, I won't have to fear because you are with me. The Lord says, I will be with you, each one of you. Don't try and find answers in some sort of other substitute. That won't help you get through the valley. All you need is your shepherd. And then he goes on to say the rod and the staff, they comfort me. We often think of the rod as a a punishment, but actually it's not. That's not what it's meaning here. Let me just read to you about a shepherd's rod. It says, a shepherd's rod was a two-foot club made of oak with a rounded head that was whittled from the knot of the tree and had sharp bits of metal pounded into it. This club... This rod was used to defend the flock against attacks. What it does is it, 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 it's a picture of the shepherd's power wielded against overpowering enemies. And so when he says "Thy rod," your rod, what he's saying is your shepherd will protect you. He has power supernatural power to protect you in the most difficult of circumstances and your staff which is like the shepherd's crook it would guide and lead and when a sheep might fall it could use the the staff to get it out of the ravine and put it get it back and into a safe place that's what god will do for us he's going to protect us and rescue us when we need it that's the sort of shepherd that he is And so David could say confidently, the Lord is my shepherd. And whether I'm in a good place or a bad place, he's still my shepherd. He's still going to be everything that I need. Now I subtitled just on my notes this message, The Shepherd, the Host, and the Highway Patrol. I thought I had to bring that in because Reese and Connor are here this morning, so... um, the shepherd, the host, and the highway patrol. So we've we've talked about the shepherd. Verse five introduces us to the host. He says that you prepare a table before me. In some versions it says a banquet. Now, you know what it's like when you go to a place and, and uh, people... I'm not great at this, I've got to tell you. You know, I'll put all the knives and forks just out and put, throw the tablecloth on and put the plates over here and everyone... And people are happy with that. They know what I'm like. But if you go to some people's places, they set the table beautifully. They prepare the table. And they have lovely decorations and, and all the, you know the knives and forks are set out, the plates, everything is just beautiful. And don't you feel honoured when that happens. You feel someone has taken the time to prepare for you. And that's what God does for us. He goes before us and he prepares this this place for us, this banquet that we can enjoy. And he takes time in doing that because he loves us and he cares for us. And then it goes on to say that he anoints my head with oil. Oil is a symbol of anointing, of blessing. That's why we anointed Miller this morning, so that she would be blessed by God. And what in those days hosts used to do is that, we don't really do it today, I don't think, but uh, tell me if you do. Hosts would bring out soothing aromatic oil and pour it over their visitors to bring refresh, refreshment after a long, dusty journey. Is this a new idea you might introduce to your home? And what it was, it was symbolic of blessing, of the anointing of God. And you know what oil does? It makes things smoother, doesn't it? What it does, it helps things to flow more easily. And so when God does that in our lives, when he anoints us with oil, he makes things smoother in our lives. And this is what he wants to do in us. His anointing on our lives will help things go easier. You will find that, People will go out of their way to be good to you because God's anointing is on you. The right doors will open because God's anointing is on you. It will bring the right people across your path when his anointing is on you. It will make things go smoother for you. And the good news is that all we have to do is to ask him, to ask him for it. it. And as our host, he will prepare the banquet for us And then he will pour out on us blessings of abundant life. And you know what happens then, it says? My cup overflows. And so therefore, when we have this experience with God as our shepherd, as our host, our life is absolutely incredible. Does it mean there's not some difficult times in there? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that our life is full with Christ, and he overflows our lives and helps us to experience all that he has. And then we come to the final verse. And I call this one the highway patrol. It says surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now that word follow, if we translated that in English. If I was walking here and I said for someone to follow me, that'd sort of be behind back here. Just following. And that translation could make us think, well, you know, um, whatever's, you know, the blessings of God are sort of back there somewhere, and um, hopefully they'll catch up to us. But that's not the meaning of the word follow. The word, the translation of that word is pursue. I mean, imagine yourself driving down the road, and you're in a hurry, and so you put your foot on the accelerator, and before you know it, you're going over the speed limit. And then you look in your rear vision mirror and you see that flashing light after you and the siren. So your heart is pounding. You feel, you know you've done the wrong thing. So it's not like you're going to be able to explain it away. And uh, you're sort of just feeling anxious. Like even if I've... It's happened to me. I haven't been booked, praise God. But um, even if I have, even if I did have a policeman pull me over, whether I remember one day this, this person who knew me was a policeman from a, an ex-student, and next thing I'm driving along and this flashing lights pulling over, and I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? You know, and I thought I'm not on, over the speed limit. Anyway, it was an ex-student wanting to say hello. <laughs> He's not a policeman anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, but look, you just get this sick feeling in your stomach, and particularly if you've done the wrong thing, you know you're in trouble. You know you, you're, you've had it. And so the, the officer comes up to you, you wind your window down or, your, or your, whatever you do with the window, and, you, um, and he stands there and he says to you, I just have um, this to give to you. And he reaches in his pocket and he takes out your wallet. And he says... At the motel that you stayed at this morning, you left this and I was there and the the motel owner said, could you follow that person and give it back to them? And so there you are thinking you're going to be punished because you've done the wrong thing and you are getting your wallet back. And then just about, you're about to receive it and he says, "You." by the way, this morning, they had this um, drawer. For everyone who was registered in the motel last night, there was a drawer. And your name was chosen. And uh, you have won a holiday for two to Port Douglas. And all you have to do is go online, register, and you'll be able to receive it. He says, goodbye, have a good day. Well, here you are expecting that you're going to be in trouble. And you're going to, um, instead, what you get is incredible goodness and incredible mercy. Because he could have easily, you know, charged you, but what he did was you know show you blessing. And this is what the picture of God is. He's saying that that he is pursuing you. And he is doing that so that he can pour out on you his goodness, his mercy. Doesn't even in life what you've done, he says I will forgive you. Now I'm not saying that you're always going to not be charged if you go over the speed limit, all right? That's not what I'm saying. But what he is doing is he's pursuing you so that he can show you this incredible love, this unfailing love that he has for each one of us. You know, the love that he has was so great that it went all the way to the cross. And he said, I love you this much. And he, and he died for us so that we could have life forevermore with him. And that's how it says, and, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Who would not want a relationship with that shepherd, with our shepherd God through Jesus? I pray that if you don't know him, that you would reach out to him because he's reaching out to you. And if you do know him and maybe have got a bit lost or maybe you're feeling this morning empty, he is your shepherd. He will give you everything you need. Just let him, just let him guide you and lead you to those places where you can be restored and renewed and you will know fullness of life as only he can give. Let us pray. Dear God, our Father, we thank you so much for being our good shepherd. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you for the gifts you give to us. We think of Miller this morning. We thank you, God, you're such a generous God such an amazing God. But you want to do that in every area of our life, if we will let you, if we will have that relationship that David is describing here as a sheep with a shepherd. Oh God, may we have that relationship with you that experiences your total provision, your total protection, your incredible love and care and mercy. Oh Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.